what up what up welcome to the episode of 94 feet with coach jt as always i need y'all to subscribe to the podcast leave a like in the comment section um just tap in visit the website again 94 feet with coach jt.com thank you for joining us today on this episode let me get into my um brief introduction of my guest today um dr brown wood is an award-winning child's author poet educator scholar and former professor of early childhood education and development um her first children's book Imani's Moon won the NAESP Children's Book of the Year Award and was featured on Stephen Colbert's The Late Show and her second book, Grandma's Tiny House. Uh, accounting Story Accounting Story won the CELI Read Aloud Book Award. She also has several poems published in Highlights for her kids, Highlights, highlights five, uh, five Various Poetries and Anthologies. Hope I pronounced that right. Anthologies, if that's not right, we'll correct that. And she has published over 20 books, including the popular picture book series, Where in the Garden, a New York Times bestselling book, Why Not You, um, which collaborate, she collaborated with Sierra and Russell Wilson. And her chapter book series, Love Puppies, um, Janae lives in California with her husband and her daughters and their turtle, Theod- Theodora? Theodora. Theodora. All right, none other than Janae Brownwood, Doctor, I'm sorry, Doctor Janae Brownwood. How you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited. Thank you very much for being here. And some context behind us, um, Doctor Wood and I met. I don't even know how many years ago it was. Now, long time, long time um, ago. Doing similar work, serving community and working in school systems and with youth. Um, since even that inception of our relationship, I know personally she has been very passionate about youth and children, from communication skills to education and setting them up to be successful. So when I recently, a while ago, saw you written the books myself, I was like, that is so dope. But also it's fitting to where your path was on the way years ago. You've already worked. So congrats to you off top on your success and stuff like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's definitely dope. So got to give a little background, uh, just a brief, uh, to let the people know who may not know you and may may, may know you just um, in general about you and where you are from, though. Give us a little context behind that. Yeah, sure. So uh, as you said, I'm Janae. I'm actually originally from Fresno. um, But if we took it way, way back, I was born in Compton. But as an infant, we moved to Fresno. And then that's where I'm from. Um, And so then I went to school in LA. I went to UCLA, got my bachelor's. Then I moved up here to Sacramento, um, got my master's degree in child development and my PhD in education and have been living in Sacramento woo, for quite some time. So I think that's when you and I met. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I got my master's already. No, I think I was working on it during mm-hmm. the time that you and I worked um, with, with youth. Um, but that's I'm a California girl through and through. Nice. Definitely. So definitely, definitely a good thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about just uh, let's give it the college a little bit right now. You brought UCLA up. Yeah. Early on in that atmosphere, um, was children communication, working, teaching, is that something you've been around? Is it like in a family background or something you took up new? Because again, this field, that field is not for everybody. Sure. You know, I've been, you know, being able to deal with kids, communicate, have patience, um, have interaction or want to do that. Because every day, you know, it's a different challenge. It can go from having a grade A with one kid, your best kid in the class, they come back the next day and they're, they're having a, a, a D or F type day as far as overall, but to be able to be yeah. consistent. Um, what are the, the 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 feeling, the passion, the, the caring, the empathy for yeah. working with kids come from? Way back. So my my aunt, her name's Annette Harris. When I was younger, I actually went to her daycare. Like she helped teach me how to read. And then when I became a teenager, I would go back and volunteer. And so it was like a preschool setting. And I realized I enjoyed that. 
So then when I went to UCLA, I was um, majoring in psychology. And then I found out about the minor and it was called applied developmental psychology, which is just child development. So I started taking classes where I learned about how children develop. And that was always important to me because I wanted to know the best way to support kids. So JT, I remember I was taking a culture class and that was the first time I had come across this idea of the academic achievement gap right? Where uh, black and brown kids are scoring way less, way lower than their white um, counterparts. So I learned about this academic achievement gap. And I was like, what is this? Why is that there? What is going on? And that especially pushed me into the field of early childhood education, because I wanted to think of ways to help support kids early on. And it just, you know, helped me it helped me learn about brain development, about all these different types of environments that help support kids. And that's what moved me into working with like after school programs, um, summer school, uh, summer camps, all those kinds of things. So it was, it was really my aunt, but then the academic achievement gap that that pulled me into this field. Nice. Um, during college, though, was it... Um... Did you have time to do? I know like, my undergrad, I had to do like some uh, like interim or in like practicum start stuff. Did you have to do anything out of school then? How was that like for you being in college? You know, I thought that was for me again, that was kind of cool. I'm in college, but I got to go work with the little kids. So it was kind of cool. How was that for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. We had a practicum and internships. And so I was a college kid working with infants, right? Like little, little babies up into about, I think, preschool age. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And I especially loved toddlers, like two-year-olds, because they were starting to learn language. And mm -hmm. I saw the more you're talking to them, the more you're engaging with them, reading with them, um, teaching them, you just see their vocabulary boom. And I loved that. So I, I really enjoyed that. And that's why I continue to do it. And for a while out of college, I was a preschool teacher. I was a preschool teacher. I taught uh, infants and toddlers. So I got a chance to not only learn about that in college, but then actually apply my skills in the mm. classroom setting. That's that's good. I know that, that those times are especially crucial for young kids, infants, toddlers to find, find somebody positive, somebody to look look up to or just want to be around. Because yeah. I believe those are so much important as far as how they just dictate to them going forward. You know what I mean? As far as especially, and then seeing somebody like color, minority of that, you know, female, male, like, oh, Big impact, you know, so I, that's, definitely, that's definitely dope. I like that. And then the uh, brain development, right, JT? Like, we know the first five years are huge. crucial to setting this brain foundation. And so mm -hmm. having kids in environments where they're, they're warm and loving and they feel welcome and they're stimulating environments, that's that's setting the foundation for the rest yeah. of their lives. Definitely crucial. It's, it's lifelong, but also right, it's, it's, it's impactful to where, you know, and you're not your own kids. <laughs> not my own, but now, you know, you're giving it, it, it takes a lot for certain people to do that as well, because you, you know, that could make or break, you know, just early on, it can have make it a little easier, it can make it a little harder for them, but if it's successful and you're able to accomplish that with them, hey, you know, I made a little impact, you know, I left a little stamp on their little lives, and they say, yeah. oh, you know, little people, people call them, or people call them like buddies, stuff like that, different daycares. Um, prior to, I'm coming up to Sacramento, I'm getting here, our friends, and then coming to Sac, yeah. just the transition phase, was it, um, was it difficult as far as just, you know, trying to find a, either education or, you know, we talked about working together with the nonprofit back then, something that was still kind of your niche, knowing that you liked or loved your passion was for kids. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm going to say. When you can identify your passion, that makes some of this other stuff, even if it's challenging, it just makes it more um, 
I don't know, easier to overcome. Mm -hmm. So since I knew I loved learning about children, I loved being around children and teaching them, that is what pulled me into education. And so, you know, yeah, sometimes you have those days where, you know, the kids are, they, they in their feelings, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But understanding the reason why helps you build that patience, right? Understanding, you know, so-and-so is having a hard day today because something happened at home. Okay, I understand that. How can I help you? How can I support you? But then that also led me to supporting adults, right? Um, because after I was, I worked with the youth, then I started, I became a professor. So I started teaching adults about supporting kids. Mm -hmm. So I was a, a professor in early childhood education. And so these were up and coming um, preschool teachers, infant toddler teachers, K-12 teachers, but also parents. So then I felt like I was having an even bigger impact because I was helping them understand why their children do what they do and how to support them. Definitely, definitely good. Um, going through like the experiences, right? Your background, your has wanting to be an author or published author has always been something that you've either known you wanted to do or written down somewhere or kind of was at the back of the mind thing or was it something brand new to you? So that went all the way back to my childhood. Um, and I, I shared this story a lot, but I remember growing up, JT, I hated reading. Like I hated it. You cannot make me read. Like you can pay me. No, I'm not reading. I remember having like comprehension tests where, you know, mm -hmm. when like you're, you're so, the teacher will ask you a question and you're supposed to answer them. And I will be flipping through the chapters moments before the test and then just like make it up because I hated reading. And as an adult, I would reflect and think about, well, why? Was it because I couldn't find myself in books? Studies and research shows, statistics shows that there's not enough diversity in children's books. And it's getting better. It's getting way better. But way back then, you know, you and I couldn't roll into Barnes and Noble or Borders and find a handful of books that had characters that looked like us. Sure. So I think that impacted why I didn't like to read. And so instead I wrote, I remember, no, you can get me to read, but like I'm writing and I'm writing. And I used to write stories that I put myself in and my family in. I had this series of, uh, I, I drew the pictures, but series of picture books that I wrote and drew the pictures for in like sixth, seventh grade. It was called Taylor the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And my little sister's name was Taylor, right? So it was, it was like a character based on her. I would have my cousins in that story. Um, and then I would even write my own little stories, Detective Janae. So way back then, I loved writing. And I was so lucky because I had teachers who helped support me and who helped encourage me. Matter of fact, my sixth grade teacher, when I was graduating from sixth grade to seventh grade, she would write all these predictions for all her students. And it was based on what she knew about us. No joke. Mine was like this. Best-selling author, Janae Brown, has done it again. And that yeah. was in sixth grade. So yes, the writing, the love for writing had always, always, always been there. But it wasn't until after I graduated from UCLA that I thought, you know, I'm going to actually try to do this for real. I'm going to try to get published. And I mean, boy, that was, a, that was an uphill climb too. But, um, but the love for words and for writing had always been there. Nice. And I mean, you kind of took it right there as one last question. To get the first one out the way, like, what was that like to actually, you know, I mean, you, you get the first one. Um, the, the concept, yeah, probably sure was already there, stuff, thoughts, but to actually get started or get published, just in briefly, I know I'm sure it's a real extensive, but let, you know, I would love to know a little bit about just like, what it like for you, one, as we talk about mental health too, all right, mentally yeah. doing that, but also just the, the look, people may, again, they see the quick, the end result, right? They don't see the unseen hour. They don't see you up at night or somebody mm -hmm. calling you saying, nope, can't do it, or 
you might say, no, that's not good enough. What was that process like for you? Yeah, no, that process, I'm, I'm trying to move like behind me right Go here. Ahead, grab, yeah, I see that's Imani's Moon. That's my first book. Okay. It took eight years from the idea to actually holding the published book in my hand. Wow. And I tell kids this story all the time because I try to remind them of perseverance for mm. the things that you want. It's going to be hard. You're going to have challenges, but you can't let that stop you. And so that eight years included me writing the story, revising it, sending it out to publishers and getting so many no's like, nope, 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 nope. Eight years until finally I got that yes. And the way that I, I got my first contract was through a contest. And that contest, the prize was, you know, a contract for, for a published book, but it was tough. And it's really, when you get so many no's after you sent out to all these places, it's, it's hard not to just be like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. So it's, it's easy to let all those doubts stop you. But I believed in my work so much and I believed in my story so much that I was like, no, forget this. I remember even hearing people say, you should self-publish, like just do it on your own. And I was like, no, I believe in this. Mm. And so I'm so glad that I did now. Uh, like I, like you said in the introduction, I've got 20 books already published and this year, seven more are publishing and I got contracts for next year and the year after. <laughs> I, I just feel like I'm just getting started, you know, yeah. but but thank goodness I had that perseverance that I believed and I had a passion for it and I didn't let the no's stop me. And even now I have an agent, she sends out my work and we still get a whole bunch of no's, but I, I understand that that's a part of the process and I don't let that stop me. That's super dope. Damn, that's, you got a lot of books. Like you, you, you own it. You don't, like you so said, you've been writing though. That's a lot of books. But again, you have that like music, right? You have that catalog. You can write probably as like people sleep. You write like they sleep. It comes to you. You've been doing it, but that's a lot of books. That's definitely dope to see. And I know you talked about your earlier about some of the family stories. Is the content you're putting out the books now? Is it is it some based on family experiences, life experiences, or children, or kind of just pulling from what's maybe needed in the, in the world today too? Because I know you have relevant topics to talk about too for kids. But where are you kind of finding your titles or kind of the the theme of your books nowadays? Yeah, like the inspiration. So yeah. it comes from a whole bunch of places, but my life, my family, absolutely. So one of my books. Um, I'm gonna just grab it. It's right yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this one, this one's called "Shh, the baby's asleep." <laughs> about this big old family who finally got the baby yeah. to sleep, and everybody's like, "Shh, right? Don't wake the baby." Pretty much. This was directly pulled from when my daughter Vivian was an infant, and I got a yeah. big giant family, and I'm like, "I'm gonna need y'all to quiet down because I just got her to sleep." So right. that was the inspiration for that one. And then this one, Grandma's Tiny House, this is pulled, again, straight from my family. So my dad at one point had 13 living siblings, um, and we would go over Grandma's house for Thanksgiving. And so this is a counting book where you know, you're counting all these loved ones who are coming into Grandma's house, and they're bringing different foods, potluck style, just like what we would do for Thanksgiving at uh, my grandma's house. So a bunch of my stories come from um, my own childhood. But then I have some that are just inspiration that come up. And actually, you get a little glimpse of this one hasn't even come out yet. Uh -oh. This one comes out on uh, February 27th. This one's called Jam 2. Oh, and nice. um, 
it's about a drum circle. And seriously, I remember my husband and I and my daughter, we were at the beach somewhere. We were staying in a hotel. And you know how sometimes they have those, uh, what are they call like commercials that are on loop, like mm -hmm. Marriott Bonvoy, come join yeah. us. I remember I was, I was taking a nap and I was hearing that mess on loop, on loop, on loop. And then I woke up with this idea of a drum circle. And that's seriously how this story came about. I wrote it down and then, you know, we sent it out and it's coming out, like I said, uh, wow. next, next week. And but this one is special to me too, because I have two cousins. Um, well, I mean, I got a ton of cousins, but in particular, two musician cousins, mm -hmm. Jeanette and Michael Harris. And uh, Jeanette is a saxophone. She's a professional saxophone. She tours, you know, the world playing her saxophone and her brother, Michael, is a, a percussionist. He's a drummer. Nice. And so this one's actually dedicated to them um, nice. because I remember being a young kid and going to like their concerts and concerts in the park and Jeanette will be up there, you know, playing on that saxophone, having a whole, you know, space jiving and all that. So um, yeah, I guess long answer to your question of where inspiration comes from, comes from a whole bunch of places, nature, my current life, my childhood. Um, but when you talk about themes, what I try my best to infuse in most of my books, not all of them are this way, but most of them are just ordinary life. It's a black kid or black family just being a black family in America. It's not about oppression or, you know, slavery or any of those things. And that's not to say those stories aren't important. They are. But when I think back about, again, when I was a young kid, those are the majority of the books that I could find that had characters that look like me. And mm. I don't want to read about civil rights. I don't want to read about mm. slavery. I don't want to read about oppression. So I try to capture joy in my stories of just, a, again, black families, black kids just doing their thing, whatever it is. Mm. Um, but again, just with this like cheerfulness and love and togetherness and happiness. I mean, not to say, not to say that I won't also write nonfiction stuff. Cause I do, mm -hmm. I have like a little golden book on Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. Um, but the majority of my books are just like, I'm just trying to infuse joy right. and the narrative for, for, you know, African-Americans in this country that we are more than just oppression. We are more than just our difficult circumstance. We are joyful and happy and loving and a community as well. So. Definitely not. Definitely. It's definitely needed as well, but definitely see it now coming out frequently. You got them. It's not just a one time thing. They popping off. So, uh, so mm -hmm. next week, that's a big, big, big deal. Um, yeah. So will, will those books be up for purchase online or let, while we talk mm -hmm. right now, where, where can people find, find your information, yeah. you buy a book, all that. Anywhere books are sold, you can find them. Um, like you can find them Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, you can find them at independent bookstores. I'm always trying to push independent bookstores, you right. know what I mean? But if you do that, often you can order them and then have them come through. Like uh, I think of um, Underground Books, for example, mm -hmm. uh, in, in uh, Oak Park or something like Ruby's Books in Folsom or Wild Sisters books in Sacramento. If you reach out to them, you can order them that way. Um, and and also sometimes I, I have events all throughout the community and you can purchase them in those places too. But really anywhere books are sold, you should be able to purchase them or order them for purchase. Nice. Good deal. Um, let me ask this question. How did the, the, the children feel about the books? Because they ask like, is this me, mom, or do you tell them? Or is something like, is that how they kind of feel? Are they incorporating into the books? They ask questions about some of the books that may involve family life or them as well? 
You're talking about like my, I still have one daughter. You're talking about my oh, daughter? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for the longest, I think it still is. Her favorite book is this one, Amara's Farm. Amara's because Farm. she sees this little girl and she sees herself in this little girl. So mm -hmm. often Vivian is rocking the two puffs. Like she loves it. So she, she, um, I, I feel like because I didn't have that as a young kid, I couldn't find myself in a book like that that I'm trying to make this world for her where she can and her mm -hmm. kids can. And so many of our little black and brown kids can. Mm -hmm. So she, Amara's Farm is her favorite, um, but she, I don't know, she just connects. She connects to my stories. I think one, because like she hears early versions of it. <laughs> she mm -hmm. probably, she probably get tired to hear mommy's stories, but she hears early versions of it. And, um, and she just, is a reader herself. And so I've worked really hard to make sure that there's this love and this positive association with literacy mm -hmm. and books, whether it's my books or just books in general. So I guess overall she she enjoys, matter of fact, she, she likes having an author as a mommy. She's told me that before. That's dope. You know what she'd be saying, JT? She's like, mommy, we're famous. Uh, we. <laughs> I was Wait. like, we we are, yeah, mommy, we Wait. famous. Wait. So she enjoys that. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see if she decides she wants to write herself. She likes drawing pictures. So we'll see if she becomes a storyteller herself. How does that, well, I kind of hit already, but how does that make you feel the way she's engaging this and accepting this and taking on as her own kind of thing too? How does that make you feel personally? It makes me feel so excited, especially because it's tied to literacy, you know? Mm. Uh, we haven't talked about this part before, uh, yet, but so I'm Janae Brownwood, PhD, author and educator, right? So we hit on like the author piece, but I'm also an educator. I have a PhD. Mm -hmm. I have this extensive background in early childhood education and child development. Um, and so like that educator piece always comes through. And um, I, I really try to make sure when I'm in the community that I'm modeling literacy, that I'm talking about the importance of literacy. And then it comes through in my home too with Vivian. Like she, she's ec excited about learning and academics. Um, but I take that part of the educator really, really seriously. And really it's near and dear to my heart. I'll give you an example. So just this past weekend, so I, I have this series of community events I'm doing. They're completely free in mm -hmm. Sacramento. They're called Readers and Eaters, right? And I'm doing it with the Wild Sisters books. And so th this is a part of the Where in the Garden series. There's four books and we're going to do four events where the kids come out. I share my books. And in these, in these, the Where in the Garden series, there's different produce, like fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. some that the kids are familiar with and some that they may have never heard of. And then during my Readers and Eaters event, I'll bring some produce out for the kids to taste. So they get to like try these different types of fruits and vegetables. And the educator part comes through like now you have a new, now you've learned about a new fruit or vegetable that you may have never even heard of. Now you had a chance to taste it. Tell me things about it. Is it salty? Is it sweet? So that's Educate building vocabulary. Them. So it's all those pieces come together, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I just, I love that part. And then also, I can step in the room and talk to your parents about how to support you or talk to educators and teachers mm -hmm. on how to infuse diverse books in their classrooms. So I really try to hit all those angles. That's definitely, that's good. Definitely. I don't know if I answered your, your you initial oh, question. You okay. you that's definitely good. Um, so outside of the, the 
the, the, the number of leases coming this year. Um, anything that you're willing to share that maybe up next or what's on maybe like what's next on your your list of, OK, I want to be able to do this or get these books in front of certain people, anything like that, that you have that you're working on that you may be willing to share with us about like what's up next, because okay. seven books alone is a lot to me coming out. I don't know if it, it may be easy for you, to put them, but that's like a lot. So I'm like, I'm done for the year, but it's February. Already. <laughs> but anything else in the works that you may or that you, that you want to yes. see what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So many things. Here's the first thing I want to say. I have a free newsletter that I put out uh, every other month. If you go to my website, which is just www.janaebrownwood.com, at the very bottom of the homepage, you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's free. And in that newsletter, I talk about my upcoming books. I talk about events that I'm doing. But I also give like little snippets about writing for kids or child development or inspirational sort of things. And then on top of that, I do giveaways like uh, signed books or swag. So I would say go there because that's a great way to know like where I am, what I'm doing um, and learn about me and my work. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, and then too, like I said, I have, have a bunch of events coming um, down the pipeline. Like actually next week, I don't know when this will air, but next week on the 27th, I will be moderating a conversation with some big authors down at the uh, Sacramento Public Library through the, it's called Words Take Wing um, events. So we'll be talking about the importance of diverse books. That's going on. Um, to celebrate Jam 2, I have some events that I'll be doing with the Sacramento Public Library. Again, free, come through, bang some drums, get a uh, book sign, lots of different things. But that's no. why I'm saying like if you... If you subscribe to my newsletter, you can yep. keep the rest of all definitely. the Definitely. She's definitely busy. Um, make sure, I'll say for you, also make sure if not speaking communication-wise, please just tag me and stuff so I can repost it for you as well. Okay. Um, information always, yeah, for sure, always that. Definitely put it on there. Let okay. people see, repost stuff so they can know where to go. Of course, people yeah. like free stuff as well, but also it's, the education piece of that is very important, the books mm -hmm. and, the, and yep. the reading and stuff as well. Yeah. Definitely, definitely good. Um, big props to you, what you're doing. I, I want to hit on one other book that's coming out. Like, I, I love all my books. Like, I, I'm not picking. But there's one that's coming out that is about black and brown um, ballerinas, like mm -hmm. little girls in ballet. Because, you know, so often we don't get to see ourselves in that space very much. Sure. And so it's called Black Girls Do, uh, sorry, Brown Girls Do Ballet. And mm. I wrote the words for it. And it includes these beautiful photographs of little black and brown girls um, and ballet. And so that's coming through in August. But you can find all that. You can already find a lot of these books to pre-order. You can go on, like I said, um, Barnes and Noble or any of those. Pre-order those books that help support me. But also, you know, I mean, I'm biased because I wrote the books, but I think they're good. I right. think they're good. And and your kids will enjoy them. And it's supporting literacy. And it's definitely important to read to the little ones or read with them. No matter how we look at it, reading, they're definitely something they need. So yeah. um, at the end of all the shows, I always ask my, my guests. So in yeah. basketball, analogy we use or call a term is called triple threat, right? Where you can dribble, pass, or sweep the ball. Mm -hmm. But I ask the guests now, too, for your just you personally, though, um, people who may know you or may not know you or reading your books, what will be your personal triple threat? Like three things that Dr. Janae can say, okay, this is either how I am, so what my, this is my foundation, so I stand on, or kind of this is how I carry myself throughout my life. What are three things your personal triple threat you're willing to share with us right now? Ooh, let's see. Oh, um, one will be like follow your passions. Figure out what your passions are, follow them, because I think that's where you end up finding careers 
that are worthwhile and don't even feel like work because you look forward to doing them. So that's one piece. And I did that myself and I'm so grateful that I did. That's one. Second is like the education piece. I'm going to push that because I have a PhD. Am I saying go out and get a PhD? No, but I'm saying like do um, get your education and, and learn as much as you can because that's only going to help you. Whatever career, whatever thing you want to do in uh, your life, education is, is super important. So I would say that. Um, and then let's see the third one, family. Like find your family, whether it's blood family or your friends that feel like family, because they can help you through so many of those difficult things. Because everybody's lives have challenges. We can't let that stop us. So find your people, hook in with your people, support them and have them support you. Because as I said, that's helped me um, along the way for me too. So I say passions, education, family, triple threat. There right, it is. There you go. Hey, that's it. You heard it here first. 94, 94 feet with Coach JT, Dr. Janae Brownwood. Again, please follow her on all our platforms. Um, get on that newsletter list so you can keep up to date and attend her events. They are free, but also bring your little ones out, your families out, or if you know people who want books for your, for your for students and young children, um, tap in with her. They're definitely going to be colorful, energetic as she is, and, and, and real fulfilling. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. Um, I'll make sure all the information will be as soon as we drop this and post it, tag you put your information where they can find you. And also if anybody can't find her, you need to find her through me. Let me know too. I can get you get you directly to her if needed. You heard it here first, live with Dr. Brownwood, Coach JT. We're out.